Jesus. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Yes. Oh, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you. Let the love of God that is shed abroad in our hearts via the Holy Ghost just shine, Lord God, in the name of Jesus. We do. We care for this city. We care for this county. We care for this region right now in the name of Jesus. Anybody that's listening online, we want God to reach them. We want God to touch them in the name of Jesus. Mm, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Oh, what a glorious thought. Oh, that God so loved the world that he gave the only begotten son. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, for allowing us to be a part of this in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name. Before you're seated, why don't you just thank the Lord for his beauty, for his grace. Oh, what a, what a mighty God. atmosphere that's in this place I would you can be seated I would just only pray that everyone that's in in your homes right now would be feeling similar things in Jesus name amen we understand God doesn't you know he doesn't um, bless buildings per se he allows us to use them and so I'm so thankful um, I <clears throat> found out and we have been constantly working on our internet connections and all of that and it's been an extremely big challenge. We're trying to present um, a good product out there is what we're trying to do, not trying to be Hollywood or trying to be that great. We just want quality sound and, and, and pictures that people can see online, and so we've been um, uh, working at that more in particular, but the Fitzner has, and we apologized last Sunday night. I guess the sound wasn't that great, but hopefully today it is, right? And so... Okay, okay. Just, we got a trial and error, folks. Just pray for, for Brother Fitzner. He has had to come in every, almost every Sunday now and reconfigure things. And so we'll get it down, you know, and, and that type of thing. But you continue to pray for the people that are being reached online. Um, we know that in America, I've just found this out a few weeks ago, that the vast majority of people who are listening to American apostolic podcasts and things, not podcasts, but things like this live streaming, are young men, uh, you, primarily the ages of 18 through 30, 35, in foreign countries. That's what we're finding out. We're finding out that through this avenue, we're able to reach into places that, that governments, governments can't shut down. So you see, there's a purpose to this. The gospel's being preached and it's being taught all over the world and um, who knows, you know, what, what all of this is. And a lot of it is, is because through circumstances, and God uses circumstances, folks, he does. He a lot of times will cause the church to get out of its box. A good case in point 
was, you know, the prophecy was, for this promise is unto you, unto your children, unto them that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Well, I understand that the Jerusalem church initially did not believe that. <laughs> they didn't. And, and I'm not finding fault. I'm just saying how it is. Because they tried to build a mega church in Jerusalem. That's really what they were doing. Primarily, they were just evangelizing Jerusalem, and I'm sure they did a good job. But God said the whole world. And so what God did, he didn't bring it, but he allowed it. He allowed persecution to come to the church. That's what he did. And what that did in his purpose, God's purpose, was to cause people to get scattered all over the world. So you see, a lot of what God is doing might make us a little uncomfortable in the moment, but boy, will it yield some tremendous results. And so I want you to consider that in your own personal life. Amen. That the, the, the big goal or the big um, uh, thing with God is to reach, reach people, reach the world, and make sure that the world is, um, is, is aware of the gospel in Jesus' name. I don't know if you're aware of this, but the word reject in the Bible is not found very many times. It's only found actually I think about five or six times in the King James Version. And it just, um, the word uh, in, in its wholeness sense just means to refuse something. And of course, we understand that's what irritates us about the human will sometimes, doesn't it? Because you have and I have a right and everybody has a right to refuse the things of God. Um, and that is just, you know, the story of mankind right now. The thing that we have to learn, and I've had to learn this and I'm continually learning it, is just because somebody refuses at one time, doesn't necessarily mean that they're going to refuse it forever. And we really, really, really have to be careful with this one, folks. Because sometimes it sounds like we're compromising or, and all that kind of business, when in reality what we're doing is we're waiting. We're waiting, praise God. I don't know how many years it was after I got the Holy Ghost and was in the church, God began to give me flashbacks. <laughs> and don't get scared, it wasn't because of the drugs I took. It was God just began to give me little glimpses about when I was a teenager and maybe even younger than that. And I began to recognize scenarios, not all of them, but some of them. And I, rem I, I remember I began to see God in it. I began to see God in my life. You know, as a little boy, as a Boy Scout. I don't know if that, that amazed you, I was a Boy Scout. <laughs> Made it to second class. Yeah, I learned to tie a whole bunch of knots, you know. But I remember going to a funeral as a little boy, as a Boy Scout, and boy, it made a tremendous impact on me. And I began to find and begin to sense and begin to see that it was God that had his hand on me all the way through. And I'm not any better than anybody else. And so what I want to assure somebody here today is that God has got your hand on the situation. Praise God. And, you know, when I became 22 years of age through circumstances and situations, I began to really seek for God. And I found Him, praise God. And so I want you to understand, praise God, that's how God works. Amen. He's there. Amen. Last week we talked about, you know, the, the, the aspect of declaring. And we learned that a lot of times we can see what God is declaring because of the fear of the Lord that's in our lives. And that doesn't mean we cower in a corner and we're scared to do anything. That's not what that's talking about. It just means that we simply have a reverence and we have a, an awe about God, praise God, that actually will begin to open up our eyes. Um, in the scripture, particularly in the, um, in the New Testament, it uses a word called mystery. 
And I know this one here sometimes uh, um, confuses us, but the word mystery just means hidden truth. You know, Jesus did that when he was walking the face of the earth. And because he was God, he could, okay? You and I aren't, so we got to get out of that department. We just got to preach to everybody. We just got to love everybody. But Jesus as God, he knew what was in their minds. He knew what they were thinking. And there were times when he was preaching and teaching that he just wouldn't go into it with them because he knew that they just didn't want to hear it. Now, you and I, we got to be careful with that one because sometimes we want to become God. No, what we need to do is just learn to pro proclaim it. Let the light shine. Let God in on everything that we're doing, praise God. And who knows what, what, what kind of results that will have in Jesus' name. The guy that witnessed to me about this Pentecostal church, um, a whole year before I came here, he witnessed to me. In fact, he was living in the small town where I was at. His name was Barry. And he came one night and, and, and he wanted to take me to church on a Sunday night. And I don't think I, I mean, maybe a few times as a Catholic, I might have been to church on Sunday nights. We always went Sundays on the morning, you know. Well, he came and drove to my house and, and, and I... Um, um, and I just said, no, I don't think so. And, and I made an excuse. That's exactly what I did. I had just had an knee operation, and I told him my knee was hurting when I was lying. It really wasn't. I could have went to church that night, but I refused. I just said I didn't want to. And I was very kind and very nice to him, and he was to me. And I thank God for that. But he lived in that town for a whole year, and so did I, praise God. But after, that was a year of searching in my life. And that next fall... Praise God. On an October afternoon, praise God. Never been to one, of, I did not go to one of their church services. But I went up there on an October afternoon after talking to the pastor, and I was baptized in Jesus' name. Yeah. Yeah. One o'clock in the afternoon, praise God. Nobody else there but me and the pastor. Amen. And when I came out of the tank, I found out later I had stammering lips. The Holy Ghost was right there, just waiting to come out. Praise God. And the next Sunday it did. But that day, that day, it was on a Thursday. And he worked sec first shift in a John Deere and I worked second shift. And I would have to walk by his bench every day. And I kind of made sure he didn't see me when I did it. But that day, I walked right up to his little bench where he was doing his work. And I looked at him, and he kind of looked at me and was surprised. I said, Barry, you're not going to guess what happened to me today. And he looked at me, and he was getting more and more surprised. He said, what? He said, I was baptized in the name of Jesus for the remission of my sins. And I'm going to tell you something, folks. He just, he just said, whoa, amen. He couldn't believe it, praise God. Kind of like us, right? When God, we, God is working on people, and just because we don't know exactly how he's doing it, praise God, we just kind of get a little confused. See, folks, the thing that will rob our joy a lot of times is not circumstances. Now, listen to me. A lot of times the thing that will rob our joy is our lack of faith in God at all times, knowing that he's got his hand on it. See, there's a very close association between joy and faith. It's not the same thing, but they're kind of like sisters or brothers, however you want to do it. The Bible says in the 12th chapter of the book of Isaiah, with joy, you're going to draw out of the wells of salvation. And what we want to do is we want to see it first, and then we'll have joy in it. 
And I'm not saying that's, that's, not, that's bad. But folks, anybody can do that. But how about today? Why can't you begin to believe for those friends? Why can't you believe for those relatives? And begin to rejoice. Yeah, come on. I believe it'd be the will of God for somebody here to begin to allow joy and faith to join together. Come on. I believe the Lord is here. And you, know, you, must, you and I must realize, you know, we, we pray that somebody's going to miss it. Listen, folks, if people miss it, they're going to do the same thing I did. They're just going to reject it. That's really what it is. I've taught for years, you know, Bible studies on the idea of simple instructions. That's how God operates. Last week we talked about God's declaring, praise God. How can you miss the sky? How can you miss the sun? You got to really, really try to do that. And I don't know what you, if you understand this or not, but the Bible says in the 19th Psalm, think about this. The Bible says the heavens declare the glory of God and the firmament sheweth his handiwork. Listen to me, folks. Nobody's missing this. God has put himself on such a display Amen. That nobody can miss it unless they want to. And so you and I must understand we can have faith in what God is doing all the time. He's reaching out. He's not ticked off at people. He has compassion for people. He loves everybody. Now that, I mean what that means is he allows his love to be available to every person in this world. But listen to me folks. I understand there are people that can reject this. Amen. I'm thinking of a story in the Old Testament that kind of illustrates this. It's in the fifth chapter of the book of, um, I believe it's 2 Kings. And I want you to see something here. I've used this illustration for years. I think it's a good one. And it has to do with a guy that was a pretty good guy. He had some talent. His name was Naaman. And he was a leper. And I don't know about you, but I don't know much about the disease of leprosy, but I, I, from what I've read about it and I've understood about it, it's a very hideous disease. It would deform people. It would, um, uh, a lot of uh, leprosy will, will affect the nervous system, praise God. So people are, they can't feel things. And so a lot of times they would have infections that would come into their bodies. And man, they, they wouldn't treat them because they wouldn't feel bad or they wouldn't feel pain. Amen. And so and so and so and so. That's what would happen happen. And so the fifth chapter of the book of Second Kings has a leper in it. His name was Naaman, and he was a kind of a, a hero in that day. He was an um, a army guy, and he, he fought in a lot of wars, and he was able to, um, um, you know, to, to rise to a certain degree. I appreciate people that won't allow their disabilities to keep them down. And listen, I am not, I, I am not trying to to, to promote anything here, praise God. I was four years old, I lost a hearing on my left side. Amen. Make a pretty lousy musician, right? But that's what I became. Amen. And so a lot of times, listen, I'm just using that as an illustration because it's one of the best ones I know. Don't let something that's a disability keep you down. 
Amen. And that's what I appreciate about Naaman. That's why I'm not going to work him over the coals right away. You know, I think the guy, you know, just because of his disability, he still rose to a certain degree, praise God. But the bottom line is, he was a leper. And I don't know if you understand types in the Bible. What I mean by types is there's certain things in the Old Testament that will, that will kind of shine to mean certain things in the New Testament. And leprosy in the Old Testament has always been kind of a type of sin. Amen. And so here's this guy that's got leprosy. And I'm looking out in a world today that's got a lot more serious than just physical leprosy. They've got a sin deal. And many of them are rising to prominent positions and they're able to do things. But don't make any mistake about it. Just like you and just like me. I couldn't bury my sin, folks. I couldn't do it. I tried. I tried to drink it away. I tried to, you know, music it away. I tried to do all kinds of things to get rid of that sin. But the bottom line is, when I'd sober up in the morning, it was still there. And that's why I can have compassion for the loss. It's because I know exactly what it feels. And I understand that there are a lot of people in this world today that are trying to fill it with all kinds of stuff. You run into them every day, and you wonder, why are they in such a bad mood? Why is this ticking them off? Why, if I just even mention that I've been to church, they just want to kick me out of the place? Well, I'll tell you why. It's because of that leprosy. That's what it is. And folks, that disease is going to stay around. Sin is going to stay around until they allow themselves to come to God, and they won't reject His treatment. Come on, can you lift your hands right now and thank God that you didn't reject what He brought into your life? Come on, this ought to be one of the happiest days of your life. Oh, I'm telling you the truth right now. I'm telling you something, folks. We're on top of the world. Now, we're not perfect people. We, and we're not going to say we never make mistakes. But praise God, the disease, the sickness, the sin that has gotten a hold of our life, it doesn't mean it's over now because we've been by the blood of Jesus Christ. And because we've been by the blood of Jesus Christ, it's completely washed away. Come on, folks. I never get tired of preaching that. I never get tired of telling people that. Oh, hallelujah. Praise the name of the Lord. And so you had this guy named Naaman. And, and, and I won't go through the whole story. The whole fifth chapter is a cool chapter. But what happened was because this little, this little uh, servant girl witnessed to somebody and, and through, through, un, you know, through unknown channels, it got back to Naaman that there was a genuine man of God in the country. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, and I look at that, you know, this church, what we do here, praise God. One of the reasons people will come here, not because I'm such a great preacher, but because I represent the man of God. That's it. I'm a pastor, praise God. I'm one of the fivefold ministries, praise God. That's what I am. And I'm not sitting here taking any credit for it. I'm just saying, telling you that's the way it is. And people who really want to get serious about the leprosy of this world called sin, they need to get somebody to tell them how to do it. Not somebody that will help them to cover it up over and over and over again. Listen to me, folks. That's what you're seeing out there in the world. 
People are just covering it up. And we don't have to do that. Because even though we've been baptized in Jesus' name, maybe for many years, we can still get on our knees. We can stand someplace. We can lift up our hands and we can confess to God. And He immediately, He immediately does something about it. Praise God. That's why I'm telling you, God had a good week. Because there were some people, maybe a lot of people, who at one time might have rejected this. But all of a sudden, man, they find themselves like some woman that was 18 years in a disease, and she had no place else to go. She ran out of money, but she said, the master's walking through the land today, and if I can just touch the hem of his garment, praise God, it's going to make a difference. I'm telling you, the Bible is full of stories like that. Losers that became winners. And that's who I'm looking into the eyes of right now, praise God. Losers like me that became winners. And it's because of God. Hallelujah. Mm. Isn't that exciting? Come on, folks, that's better than the Super Bowl. That's better than the World Series. That's better than any football game. Come on, I'm telling you right now, that's the most exciting thing in the world. Amen. And I'm certainly not against any of that stuff, but I'm just saying it's way, way down the list, praise God, when it compares to what God has done. Now watch this. Through, through a series of events, amen, Naaman finally comes to the man of God. Look at verse number 9. I'm in the fifth chapter of 2 Kings. Look at this. I want to point this out. The Bible says, So Naaman came with his horses and with his chariot, and he stood at the door of the house of Elisha. Elisha was the man of God. Amen. Remember Elijah? He's the guy who took over from him. Okay? And the scripture says in Elisha, he didn't come to the door. He just sent a message to him saying, Go and wash in Jordan seven times, and thy flesh shall come again to thee, and thou shalt be clean. Now that's what I use as an illustration of simple instructions. A five-year-old boy could have understood exactly what he was talking about. That's why I'm saying. People are, they woke up this morning, some of them an hour early, right? Yeah, isn't that comical? I did. I just woke up an hour early this morning, didn't realize until I was in the bathroom going, hey, I think today, yeah. Good thing we got, we got these iPhones, right? They do it for us, don't they? Yeah. But the bottom line, people woke up this morning and the sun was there. It was shining. But a lot of folks don't even notice that. And so here's Naaman, and I don't know what kind of expectations he had. I don't know what kind of preconceived ideas he had. I can identify with him because I had a few. But the Bible says he comes to the man of God, which was a good thing. Amen. And the man of God just sends him a message. and said, go over there to Jordan, dip down seven times. When you dip down the seventh time, you're going to come out of there as clean as a whistle. Now, to me, that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good offer. But watch. This is what we do sometimes. But Naaman got mad. And that's a lot of times what will happen when people are confronted with the things of God. I did. I was witnessed probably a year and a half before I came to an apostolic church about being baptized in Jesus' name. And one of the first reactions I had was I was upset. You're telling me I'm not saved? Man, I know today alone I accepted Jesus as my personal Lord and Savior at least eight times. Well, that was my preconceived idea, folks. And this is the world you and I are living in. I'm not going to go into where they're getting that nonsense, but they're getting it. That's just the way it is. And so the Bible says that Naaman's reaction was he got mad. Let me just put it in, in, the, in the vernacular of this message. He rejected the word. 
So what's God going to do? Okay, one chance and you're done. That's it, man. And some of us have that kind of thinking. We've had people slam our fingers into the door. I'm talking about spiritually. And we want to write folks off. And I've done that. And we've got to quit doing that, folks. We've got to be careful with that. God is still working on people until they die. When a person dies, then they're going to go to the judgment. That's not me, that's Bible. But until they do that, praise God, there's a chance. There's always a chance for somebody to be saved. And the bottom line is, why do we let that take away from our salvation anyway? Just because somebody doesn't want to do it, does that mean that we don't want to do it? Come on, folks, we got to get over that one too. we got to allow the joy and the faith to begin to join together. And I'm going to tell you something, that is a lamp lighter. That will shine a light in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody here want to get the joy of the Lord? Why don't you lift up your hands right now and thank God. Get the joy of the Lord for your salvation. Mm, hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, what a wonderful time. Oh, what a wonderful time. Praise the name of the Lord. And so thank God for a couple of uh, sane-headed people around him. And in the case of, of Naaman, here it is. It's a beautiful little story. You know, the Bible says in verse number 11, I won't read that, but that's basically his preconceived ideas. I thought he was going to come out here and do this and do this and do this. And man alive, he didn't do what I wanted him to do, so I'm mad. Well, the Bible says, wait a minute here. He says in verse number 13, this is where I want to pick it up. You know, he even said, hey, I got rivers that are better than Jordan. But the scripture says his servants, they were kind of sitting back observing this. And they're thinking, this guy just made you a pretty good offer. This guy pretty much, he, gave, he put that thing in your hands. That's what they're looking at. And so the scripture says, the servants came near and spake unto him in verse 13 and said, my father, if the prophet had bid thee to do some great thing, I don't know what that was, but I could put something in there. You know, if the guy came out and said, you got to stand on your head for three days right over here, he said, you'd have done that. And this is sometimes how we are. You know, we want some great thing, praise God. And listen to me, salvation is for everybody. Amen. Salvation is very simple when you think about it. Salvation's like the sky out there when you wake up in the morning. It's always been there. You can't miss it. But you can reject it. And that's what Naaman did. This guy gave him a way out. And I'm telling you right now, God is giving every person in this world a way out. Amen. And so the scripture says they make the case. Man, if this guy had came out here and, and told you to do some ridiculous thing, you'd have done it. And so I don't know how long this was. I don't know how long verse 13 is. But I do know by the time you get down to verse 14, Naaman got his senses back. And thank God for a God who when we reject something from him, he will give us another chance. I am talking to somebody out there. I don't know who you are, but I'm telling you right.
now in the name of Jesus. God is giving you another chance in the name of Jesus. You and I, we understand, praise God, He loves us. It doesn't mean He condones our behavior. It doesn't mean He stamps His approval on some of the stupid stuff we do. But He's saying, praise God, if you want to get back with me and you want to get right with me, you can do it in the name of Jesus. Man, I feel this in the Holy Ghost. We need to pray for the internet right now. Come on, there's some people out there that have rejected the things of God. You even some of you people even know them right now. And I believe that God is touching their lives right now in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Yes, he's touching their lives right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus. Yes, Lord, yes. I believe that you are. I believe because you love people. I believe... <laughs> I believe because your word does not return void. I believe that it does accomplish things. Praise God. And I'm praying for eyes to get open to the fact that God's not been mean to us. God's not been unfair to us. God's not been ridiculous to us. He has presented truth to us. And we need to, we need to receive that truth. Oh, we do. Oh, hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. I want to show you something here. Look at Isaiah chapter 46. And I want to show you something there. Praise God. And this is God. This is how He operates 24-7. Doesn't make any difference. Praise God. If it's cloudy, doesn't make any difference. If it's raining, snowing, whatever the case is. Look at Isaiah chapter 46. And He uses the word there in verse number 8. And this is the thing that God has a way of emphasizing His Word. Whether it's given to you, you know, in a time of your rejection or not. I believe God gives us the ability to remember. Amen. And so in verse number 8 there, 46 and 8, this is Isaiah. The scripture says, remember this and show yourselves men. Bring it again to mind, O ye transgressors. It's kind of the same theme we're talking about here today. Go back, to the, go back to the well, praise God. And so the scripture says, remember the former things of old, for I am God. Now this is God declaring, by the way. This is God proclaiming something. The scripture says, remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. Now that's called simple explanation. There's only one God. There's not three. There's not some divine committee up there meeting every once a month, praise God, so they can discuss what's happening here on earth. There is one God, and that one God, praise God, incarnated himself in the body of Jesus Christ. Amen. And that's why Jesus Christ was able to do the things that he did. Amen. The scripture very plainly says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. Amen. I'm telling you, that's why Jesus was able to do what He's doing. And in a lesser sense, that's why I'm able to do what God wants me to do. It's not because of some college I went to or because of some skill that I obtained in, in, you know, in, in an area. It's because of the Holy Ghost, praise God. That's what God is doing in Jesus' name. And so He, he, he reminds us 
Jesus. There's only one God. You don't have to go to six or eight or ten of them. You just need to come back to me. And I'm talking to people today that have rejected that. I don't know why. I don't even really care. And that's not being unempathetic to your plight. I'm just saying it don't matter. Just start receiving the Lord. Get rid of that tradition and that religion, praise God, that's been built in your brain and start really believing this word in the name of Jesus. Oh my. And that's what God wants us to do, is to quit rejecting His Word, quit rejecting His Spirit, and start receiving it. That's really what it is. Amen. That's why the Bible says in James chapter 1, it says to receive with meekness the engrafted Word that's able to save your soul. That's how God designed to get it to us. And so, so the prophet is telling us, he says, there's no other God. I'm the only one, praise God. So there's no confusion here. Amen. And then in verse number 10, this is what I was talking about last week, declaring God does this. He declares the end from the beginning and from ancient times the things that are not yet done, saying, my counsel shall stand and I will do all my pleasure. There's a guarantee, folks, because you're talking about somebody who's saying it that can. I might say some things here today that, man, I'm not quite sure if I can pull that one off. But I'm not talking about God. Anything he says, that's why you can take this word and you can, you, can, you can absolutely believe it, have faith in it, have joy in it in Jesus' name. And so this is what God wants to get people back to the simple aspect of. Is that, hey, he's there. It's like that sky in the morning. You can't miss it unless you really try. And that's how big God is. We wonder, man, and we, we have, I've done this. We create these little scenarios. How can God get back into the deepest parts of Africa? How can God do this? How can God get into the, you know, the real horrible parts of New York and all that kind of stuff? And we create these stupid scenarios which are ridiculous because He's God. He's everywhere. He's showing Himself to everybody. I'm telling you right now, it doesn't make any difference for me. He just uses me. He's not dependent on me. Amen. And that's what he does. And I know that busts our little ego sometimes because we want God to depend on us. Well, hey, folks, I'm glad he don't depend on me all the time. Amen. Amen. And so that's just the way it is. You know, one of the greatest proclamations or declarations by a man, amen, I mean, they're all over the Bible, but one of the, one of the, one of the clearest ones is found in the 17th chapter of the book of Acts, and I'm just about done here. Praise God. And then the Apostle Paul, who'd been a few years on the foreign field, you know, he ended up, you know, rejecting God for years. I don't know how many times, you know, God was trying to get a hold of this guy. And I'm not trying to make up stuff here, folks. But you can't tell me the first time God in, he encountered God was when he got knocked off that horse. Come on. If that's what it takes, you know, so be it. But I know myself after a few years of having the Holy Ghost and God giving me those flashbacks that God was working in my life. I could have accepted Him when I was 12 years old. I could have accepted Him when I was 14. I'm not making excuses, folks. I'm just telling you that God is there a lot. Amen. And that, that doesn't, doesn't make a bearing on it. It does, praise God, cause a lot of weight to come into our life. But the bottom line is God is there. He's there. 
And he's been there, praise God. And you know something else? He's always going to be there. Amen. And so this guy called Paul that we think his name was changed, or that was Saul and his name was called, changed to Paul. There really isn't any scripture for that one either. But that's what they called him, Paul, okay? And so here he is. He's on the foreign field and he ends up in Greece. Man, one of the hardest places to preach the gospel. Not for God. But he gets looking around, and it's like me sometimes. God will give me ideas for sermons in some of the most peculiar places. I'll be in the grocery store, or I'll be running my laps out there, or doing a lot of stuff on the bike when I do my exercise. Lots of different things down there, fixing instruments and stuff like that. All of a sudden, God will give me a thought. And so I like this. This is exactly what happened to Paul. The first thing is that Paul was grieved in his spirit. He said, look at all of this idolatry. Look, and he wasn't rubbing their face in the mud, folks. He was just noticing that here, this is supposed to be the smartest place on the earth. These people got more degrees than a thermometer. And look at all these stuff that they're worshiping. But then he finds something, and this is where he gets his notes from. This is where he gets his sermon. He said, I noticed that there was one over here called to the unknown God. He said, I'm not going to try to explain Zeus or these other guys. But let me try to get this guy in your mind, because this is the right one. And let me pick it up there, praise God. The Bible says in the 17th chapter of the book of Acts, the Bible says in verse 22, it says, Then Paul stood in the midst of Mars Hill and said, Ye men of Athens, I perceive that in all things you are too superstitious. I believe God could say, he could say the same thing for America, by the way. It says, for as I passed by and beheld your devotions, he said, I found an altar to this, with this inscription to the unknown God. Amen. Whom therefore you ignorantly worship him, him, worship him, declare I unto you. Now he goes into the little declaration. God that made the world and all things therein. Uh, just that verse alone will change everything. It'll make you going outside going, whoa. Look at that. He made that cloud. He made that snow come. He made, I mean, folks, that's a game changer right there. When you realize that he's the creator. He's the one that did this. And so that's where Paul starts. That's why you say, you know, we got to teach people Bible studies. Yeah, I believe that. And teach them any way you can. But eventually you're going to have to take them back to the beginning. You're going to have to help them understand that there's a one creator, praise God. And once you discover that he's the creator, everything changes, praise God. And so the Bible says that's where Paul went. He says, and the Bible says, seeing that he is the Lord of heaven and earth, dwelleth not in temples made with hands. And then he goes on to say, neither is worship with man's hands as though he needed anything, seeing he giveth to all life, breath, and all things. God don't need anything. And we got this feeling that he does. And then he goes on to say, now wait a minute, that doesn't mean that he doesn't want things. That doesn't mean that God doesn't desire some things. But never make any mistakes, folks. This thing is going to go on whether I'm in it or not. Now I've determined, praise God, that I'm going to be in it in the end. That's, that is a determination that God has given me, praise God. And through the process of quitting, rejecting God's word, I can do it. That's really what it takes, folks. 
Just quit rejecting His Word. You say, how often? Every time. Today, when He deals with you with His Word, start receiving it. It's just that simple. Amen. And so the Bible says, you know, in verse 26, He talks about how He made everybody. The blood is red. Don't make any difference. And then, in verse 27, He says something here I want you to see. He says that they should seek the Lord. And you know what that word seeks, seek means? It literally means to seek with the idea, I'm going to find it. It's more than just, well, I don't see it here. She'll like this. Well, I don't see it. <laughs> she sends me into the other room to look for anything from her glasses to her purse. I don't see it. She comes out of that room. <laughs> Chris, you're laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about, don't you? And she'll come out. she said, well, there it is right there. Well, I didn't see it. <laughs> yeah, that's not seeking, folks. That really isn't. Seeking is having the determination, praise God, that you're going to find what you're looking for. And that's what God is doing to somebody on the internet today. He's putting a desire in you wanting to know who Jesus is. And you're not going to accept just any religious leader that's out there. You're going to begin to seek him until you find him. And the reason I can identify with you is because that's what happened to me for that year. Between when Barry uh, um, uh, witnessed to me to the time I came to the church. I begin to seek God like I'm going to find him. It doesn't make any difference who doesn't or who does, I'm going to be one of them that does. And that's what Paul is getting across here. He's not saying, you better get saved my way or else. No, Paul is just saying, wait a minute, guys. He created all of this. He's the God that not only created all of this, but he created everybody. And he also created you with the ability to find him. And that's what Paul is getting across here. That's why I'm telling you, it's one of the greatest declarations in the world. It's what we can tell people. Amen. You know that sun? You know that sky that you saw this morning? I know the guy that made that. Amen. Praise God. I'm telling you something, folks. I know it's a little humorous, but it's the truth. And then Paul gives them the door that needs to be open. The Bible says in verse number 28, For in Him we live and move and have our being, as certain also of your own poets, even quoted their own books. He said, As certain also of your own poets have said, for we are also His offspring. And then he says in verse 29 something very interesting. He says, For as much then as we are the offspring of God, we ought not to think that the Godhead is like unto gold or silver or stone or graven by art or man's device. The word Godhead is only found three times in the New Testament. It's found in the book of Colossians, it's found in the book of Romans, and it's found right here. And the, book, the word Godhead means the divinity of God, the Spirit of God. That's what he's talking about there. And the scripture says, look at verse number 30 there. It says, and, it says, and the times of this ignorance, and that's really what it is. He says, God winked at. The word just really means he overlooked it. And the scripture says, but look at this, but now, right now. Now you can't miss this. What's, the, what's he telling us to do? And listen to me, folks, just so we don't get a misunderstanding that it's really only for the bad ones. 
It's only for the ones that really fell into horrible sin. No. Paul declares, this is for everybody. And that's why he puts that little addendum on it. It says, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. You see, folks, that's what we reject. That's why I didn't want to get baptized in Jesus' name at that initial appearance. It's because I thought, I accepted you as my Lord and Savior. That should be good enough. And we're living in a world right now that has been spun a tale. They've been given bits and pieces of this Bible so much that they don't even know how to put it together. But I'm telling you something, folks. Any of you that have ever had search for truth, any of you that have sat under this ministry for longer than a year, you can go into their home and you can begin to show them, praise God. Not arrogantly, not because you did it, but because it's in the Word of God. Now listen to me. That doesn't mean they're not going to reject it. I wish it meant that, man, you know, you're it, man. Tom, you go to every house in this city, man, and everybody listens to you. They're going to get it. Why? Well, that ain't how it works. See, you and I aren't in that business. We have to realize that God allows people, praise God, to still make up their mind. And there are some things, praise God, that, you know, people are going to have to come to terms with. You know, I call this simple instructions. I call this, you know, God's declaring. Whatever you want to put as a title on this, folks, it really doesn't matter. But I'm imploring you right now, cross the board here. Amen. How many of us are rejecting God's word? How many of us are rejecting what he has to say with it to us? Now, come on. Are we going to take this thing serious enough to where today we're going to start working on that one? Come on. I believe it would be the will of God for every one of us right here in this place, amen, to do that in Jesus' name. In fact, I'm not even going to wait for you to reject this. I'm going to initiate it in Jesus' name. I'm going to ask you to stand with me. Amen. Amen. And if you've got something to talk to God about, I want you to lift up your hands right now. Come on. And I want you to begin to put it in your own words in Jesus' name. Oh, hallelujah. Come on. Let's ask God to help us. Let's ask God to help us in this rejecting business. Come on, there's somebody out there. I don't know where you're at, a living room or a kitchen. But I'm telling you right now, you don't have to, you do not have to reject God's word. You can be a Naaman today. You can begin to say, praise God, whatever your word says, I'm going to begin to take it. I'm going to begin to swallow it. I'm going to begin to chew it. I'm going to begin to do it in the name of Jesus. And I'm going to tell you something right now. God's smart enough to go ahead and confirm his word with signs following in the name of Jesus. Lord God, right now touch every person in this place I would pray that even on the internet that no one will ever be the same again God because of hearing your word because of knowing what you're saying to them right now Lord God in the name of Jesus I pray that you will touch them and you will strengthen them in Jesus' name. Now, Lord, it doesn't take a half an hour or an hour to contemplate this. I believe it just takes seconds. I believe in our mind, with your help, we can just make up our minds right now that we're going to do this in the name of Jesus. And I pray for that strength across the board here today. 
I pray for that strength across the board today in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. What do you say we just start having a little bit of joy and celebration in what God's going to do? God, praise God, praise God, praise God. See how that works? We didn't even need any music. Didn't even need any music for that one. Not that I'm against music. Keisha did a fantastic job of putting some songs together. I felt the Holy Ghost from the very first song that she picked out. Amen. And so I'm not against music, but God doesn't really need that kind of stuff. He just allows that stuff to come in so we'll get prepared to, to get His Word in Jesus' name. Now, I'm going to let you be seated for a few seconds because i got announcements to make here. <clears throat> now, you know that on Sunday nights in November, we are doing things a little bit differently now. Tonight is going to be the ladies' night. Um, Sister Carnahan will be down here. She's already got a book uh, picked out, and it's a good one, um, very apostolic book. And she's going to be going through a Bible study with the ladies that I believe will really, really, really begin to help them. Next Sunday will be the Youth Sunday. That's what um, uh, Brother uh, Jake and, and Sister Acacia will have the youth in here. And they're going to be doing their reignites on Sunday nights in, in November. And I'm expecting good things to happen. Then for the middle two Sundays, we're going to come together for praise and worship again. How many enjoyed that service last Sunday night? Wasn't that powerful? Amen. That was just absolutely powerful. I think part of the reason is, is because we haven't been able to do that for a while. That might have been part of it, but no, the biggest part was because of the Spirit of the Lord was in this place. The anointing was just incredible, and it just, it just flowed, praise God. And I'm just really, really, really beginning to enjoy the flow of God. And so for the middle two Sundays, because there's five of them in November, okay, the middle two Sundays will be coming together on Sunday nights. Now, we'll always be having Sunday morning service unless they shut us down. They shut us down, then we got to do that. You know, if the law comes in and says, hey, you can only do it online, we're going to comply. Might not like it, but we're going to comply, okay? And then the last Sunday night of November, it's going to be men's night. And I've already got a, a, a couple of good books that you're going to really enjoy. It's going to help you to be a better man and to become the leader of your home. And so God's going to help us. So November, we felt like, you know, we're in this thing. We got to kind of do things a little different. And so we're shaking it up a bit, and, but we're not going to quit ministering in Jesus' name. And so we want you to understand that, praise God. Sunday nights will be a little more of a of, of small group type of setting, a little more relaxed, more Bible study, that type of thing. But it's the same God, okay? Remember that? We read that in Isaiah, didn't we? How many was there? Yeah, that's what I thought. That's what I read too. Okay, so there's only one of those gods, okay, one God, and he's going to be here. So keep that in mind. Now, this morning, the, at the beginning, Brother Fitzner played a, um, a video of, of Tupelo Children's Mansion, and I'm not trying to belab belabor this, but it's a very, 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 very um, necessary um, uh, ministry. And today is Mansion Sunday, as they said. What that is, is that's when they, they do their, their, their major fundraising. Now, I'm not trying to get you to feel sorry for the mansion, but one of, one of the other places that they used to have one of their major, major fundraisers was at our general conference. 
They would have a, a night before the service, a preliminary for about a half an hour, and they would, that's where they, they made up a lot of their funds. Well, this year they weren't able to do that. And so if you're able to give to this ministry, I really do believe it would be, it would be great. It really would. I'm not telling you better or not, or better or else. I'm just saying it would be a good ministry to give. Listen to this. It, I didn't realize this. As the oldest endorsed ministry of the UPCI, TCM has impacted the life of more than 3,500 kids. Founded in 1953, TCM is the largest, listen to this, the largest children's home in Mississippi, and it's the only apostolic children's home of its kind. In the last few months, TCM has seen record numbers, now listen to this, folks, record number of applications and placement. What am I saying? People want in. And with the residential population hitting over 100 kids right now, with, they have a waiting list. The need for this ministry could never be greater. That's why I want to put a little bit of urgency in this. Amen. That they need it. And so anything you give today to Tuples Children Mansion is going to go to it. Now our church supports this ministry through the year. Sister Carnahan and several others give a monthly uh, sum, and we send it just like we do partners in missions. But I think this year, we need to, as a church, we need to do something a little extra. And we will. We're going to do it. We've already made up our mind. We're going to send them some money. And so I just want to give you an opportunity, praise God, to do this. Now listen to this testimonial. And this is real. This one, they didn't get on the internet. This one here is one that's there. Okay. Uh, the guy's name is, how do you pronounce that, Sister Carnahan? A-L-B-A-R-O. Albaro? Okay, I'm going to call him Brother A, okay, so I don't get it mixed up. Now, this is him writing this. He said, growing up, I never had that picture-perfect childhood. I lost my father to gang violence just two months after I was born. My mother struggled with multiple addictions and abuse, and as long as I can remember... Eventually, my sister and I had to move in with my grandmother. Life was hard. As a kid, I was angry. I hated the world. Then three months before Christmas, my mother vanished for two months. We had no idea where she went, but I knew she had went back to her addictions. My God-fearing grandmother prayed for help and wisdom from God. That's when she found Tupelo Children's Mansion. It was at TCM that I was able to form a true, long-lasting friendships um, with other people like I had never had before. It was at TCM that I found a relationship with Jesus Christ. I can honestly say that I thank God every day for allowing me to be part of TCM. I wouldn't be the man I am today without the strong leadership and guidance of the staff. By God's grace, I'm still living for God. I've been blessed with a great life, my beautiful wife, and a handsome one-year-old. Now that is, that's, that's real. That's what happened. That's one of those 3,500 kids that have been impacted. Amen. And I understand that TCM isn't the only um, place out there that takes young boys and girls and that type of thing. I'm not trying to bring that across, but I'm telling you it's apostolic. And it's tremendous, praise God. And so it sounds to me like they need to expand. It sounds to me like they need to get bigger. And so would you do this with me today in closing? Can we stand and pray for that ministry down there? TCM.
Tupelo Children's Mansion. It's in Mississippi. I know, I don't think anybody here has ever been there. I've never been there. But it's there, and they're doing a mighty work in Jesus' name. Can we ask God to bless them today? Come on, can we ask God to put his hand upon the staff and upon the people that are hands-on down there that are dealing with these kids every day? God, I pray that. I pray that you would give them the ability to expand. I pray that you would give them the ability, praise God, to reach out further than they ever have before. That, Lord God, that we as a church would begin to get a piece of this in compassion in Jesus' name. And help us, Lord God, to pray for this ministry and to pray for these young children and for this staff and for this place. And Lord God, I just ask for your blessing to be upon them, Lord God, and for your will to be done. Your will to be done every day of the week. That Lord God, that they will not grow weary in their well-doing. That Lord God, that they will recognize that they are putting things in these young kids, praise God, that nobody else could in the name of Jesus. Strengthen that staff. Give them that ability. Give somebody the spirit of encouragement this morning there in the name of Jesus and I give you the praise and the glory in Jesus name last of all before you leave here today and I know most of you know this but we have um, and we've done this way before the COVID thing but we developed online giving so you don't have to come to the church and give you can get online and even if you need help Sister Carnahan can help you to get get online and do it from there and so a lot of people have done that. I think we got probably a good third of the church, maybe even close to half of, of the people who come here on a regular basis are doing that. So you can consider that. You can give online and the Lord bless you and, 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 and make your home a, a tremendous home this week. Remember, ladies, tonight's your night. You come at 6 o'clock. Sister Carnahan's got some goodies here. In Jesus' name, it's 5.30. Okay, well, that's why you're here, to straighten me out. Okay, at 5.30 you come, and you'll be meeting in the back. She'll have tables set up for you. I'm sure she'll have some prayer to begin with, and you'll have a great Bible study in Jesus' name. God bless you. Thanks for coming today. You that are online, the Lord bless you, and you come and visit us in Jesus' name.